How's it going? I'm Josiah. I'm Chanel. And welcome to the Coco and Joe show, <laughs> where we have no idea what we're doing, but we're doing it anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Chanel, what are we talking about today? Um, I think you and I literally just decided five seconds ago that we want to talk about um, the book that we're reading. Yeah. And... Uh, our creative spaces or lack of creative spaces yeah. for our offices. Yeah. <laughs> so over the last about maybe 20 minutes, we have been debating on what, <laughs> what our topic should be about today. We were like not necessarily wanting to do the same topic as we did last week, the podcast that we lost because of yeah. audio issues um, because it would feel like too redundant. But we will, we will do that topic again, but yeah. not this week. It just felt too like... Copy and paste. Copy and paste. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, today we want to talk about, Mm -hmm. well, why are we talking about creative space, Chanel? Um, Because I'm redoing my office. Yeah. And we've been in this house for probably like nine, 10 months. Yeah. And I haven't done my office yet. (laughs) I don't. You're you're like putting me on blast. The way you're looking at me right now. No, I'm not putting you on blast. (laughs) The way you're looking at me right now is like, tell everybody. Tell tell everybody. What you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done my office yet. I'm working on it now, but it is like I'm really bad with this kind of stuff with like setting a space or getting comfortable. Like I'm like I'm really bad at it. And like before Josiah and I got together, um, I lived in an apartment all by myself and my apartment was just uh, very hodgepodgey and random piles of things that had a purpose and over, over like, I had like 30 mugs, I think, that Josiah <laughs> inherited <laughs> when we got married. Or that, that's not the word. What's the word? Yeah, that could be that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, it was really bad. And so I like by nature, like I'm just not very like good at uh, organizing a space or putting it together and making it look aesthetically nice. And it's so much so that I just don't do it. But yeah. the rest of our house is, except for my office, and it's depressing. <laughs> so... I'm really trying to work on making it um, like exciting and fun and just comfortable, but also like realistic with what I can do. Yeah. And um, I have a lot of stuff for it, but I just haven't put it together yet. Yeah. So I'm working on it right now. My friend Alice helped me build some shelves like for the wall of my office. So I've been like, we did it sanding and painting and all that stuff. And so that is done, but everything is still kind of just like waiting. And I asked just. <laughs> I asked Josiah like every mm, like three hours if I should do a collage wall on the back wall or the front wall, hoping that he'll just decide for me. But you, <laughs> you literally, nope. you, and this is the first time we're talking about this, right now, <laughs> I guess. But you like, I'm like asking like, do you think it'd be better on the back wall or the front wall? Like, look at the lighting now. Like, what do you think? And you're just like, ah, you know, do whatever you want. And I'm like, because I don't want to make the decision for myself because it's overwhelming. Yeah. Maybe you could throw it out to people listening. Could I? Yeah. They could, you could put it to a vote. And then if they vote and you go, I don't want it there, then now you know. <laughs> you do that to me all the time. That's true. I'll just say something. I'll just be like, the back wall. And then she'll be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I want it on the front wall. And then I'm like, okay, then do it on the front wall. And that just helps you get to the decision. Right. Cause but. I, uh, but I don't like always know what I want. Like with yeah. this, I don't know what I want at right. all. But the, most of the other time I like kind of know what I want. I just need help making that decision. Yeah. It's a and classic Enneagram six trait. So there you go. <laughs> I'm there not you go. alone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Sorry, what were you saying? I cut you off. I was going to say, and it can work on both walls. It doesn't really need, it doesn't like, the room doesn't lend itself to like a collage wall on this wall or on this wall. Like it can work on either one. Oh gosh, this stresses me out so, so much. If I could just pay somebody like, oh, how much would I pay? Like a thousand dollars. Wow. I don't think we can pay people a thousand dollars. Don't listen. <laughs> if I could just pay someone a thousand dollars just to like redo my space, everything. And then, but I give them like probably like 50 inspo pictures. So they really know my style and just like to redo the whole thing. I do it. If we had a thousand dollars to spend. We, we, it would be an investment. <laughs> it's where. It'd be a business right off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But actually, wait, no, actually, I don't know. That would be tough. That would be a business write off. That's we, my office. We could talk about that. We could talk about what things can be business off, like business write offs. Oh my God. Everything <laughs> that I've bought from my office so far would be a business write off. Period. 100%. No, not necessarily. 100%. No, no, no. Like you can't put like office decorations. You can't write absolutely those things Absolutely you can't. Absolutely. There's, I, I looked. Absolutely you can. No. Yes. It's called office supplies. And I think you office get like. Office supplies? I no, think, that means like paper, paper clips, <laughs> pens, things that you have to use to do if work. If I can't get creatively comfortable in my space, I'm not maximizing my creative potential in my job. That's a business write-off, 100%. I don't Why know. Why haven't we thought of this? I don't think that's true. <laughs> it would take a little bit more digging. Let's, coming let's coming up, from the guy who actually does our taxes. Let's throw it up. I don't I, think. I, excuse me. I did our taxes this last night. Wait, no, did I? You got stuff prepped, but. I got I heck of a lot it. prepped. Heck of a lot prepped. <laughs> also, I think we should throw up the business write-off office thing on, on a poll and then decide off that. Okay. Done. Also the collage wall. We'll decide off that. Oh my God, the collage wall. It's stressing me out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, okay. creative space. Yes. And um, Josiah's office has been done for like freaking. Since like the first week we moved in. I was like. <laughs> I went out on Craigslist. We both agreed on like a certain budget that we could use for our offices. Oh my God, we did. And we were like, <laughs> we, we each get the same amount. We can just put it towards our office spaces. Because, you know, we moved from a studio, like mm -hmm. a giant room with everything that we owned in it. And so having our own spaces that we could work, we really wanted to make it our own. So make it like create, like let our creative juices flow in our offices. Mm -hmm. And so we each got a certain amount of money. And I think it was literally within the first week of us living here or within the first two weeks or something. I had mine set. Probably within the first two weeks. Pretty much exactly how I wanted it. And I have I have added to it. I've, I've added additional monitors. My work provided me with a PC desktop computer. So I added that in there. But as far as the arrangement and everything, it was pretty much good to go. Must be nice. Yeah, it was nice. Must it has be been nice, nice actually. <laughs> it's my little oasis. It's a great. It's a, honestly, it's a great trait that you have. Very like minimalistic, but like, I say that he's kind of like, he's kind of like Monica from Friends in the sense of like, if you move in, all the boxes are unpacked within twenty four hours. Every time we've moved, like when we move, it is like like I, I like I can't. Like I can't, like I haven't found a way to, because it's such a good trait and it's such a good quality, but it's also like super overwhelming because I don't work that way whatsoever. So when we move into places, your, all the boxes like legit are unpacked within 24 hours yeah. and everything is set up within 48 hours yeah. and um, it's a great quality because you don't have like a ton of stuff. Like it's not like you have like an abundance of stuff you have to figure out. You have like 
only so much to figure out, but you, you know, you have it all ready to go and good to go and stuff. And I'm trying to adapt that trait for myself, but it's just so easy for you. So it's a good thing. Well, it's easy now. I went no, on I this, think it's always been easy for you. I went on this big minimalism kick, like where I mean, so I'm, wait, let me think. Almost 10 years ago. It was almost 10 years ago. It was when I was about like 17, 18. And I found this blog, The Minimalism, like The Minimalists, which they have like documentaries on Netflix now and stuff. But I followed their blog like 10 years ago and loved the stuff that they had because it was just basically talking about um, only having the essentials, like things that actually add value to your life, not just like a bunch of stuff, but like things that you're actively using, things that um, add value that are like, yeah, that you're constantly using. So I really liked that concept. And it was also the time when I was like moving out from my parents' house because they were moving to Texas and I was staying in Colorado. And so when I was accumulating things, I was like very intentional with my choices on what I was bringing in. Um, and so since then, I've been pretty minimalistic. I've always been like tidy. I like things cleaned and organized, but I've also had like a lot of clutter when I was younger. <clears throat> and so it was definitely something that I learned when I was like in 17, 18. Dude, I don't know. But I was young enough that I could just like, that it feels like it's been part of me forever. I don't know, dude. The Anthony family is pretty minimalistic overall, like pretty minimalistic, very purposeful, intentional with like things that they have. Um, and I mean, you have a family for people who don't know, you have a family of 10, um, yeah. including your parents, eight kids, eight kids. Yeah. Um, and so, and they're all between, they're all within, oh, I'm trying to think of like the age range. The youngest right now is 20 and the oldest yeah. is 28. Yeah. So they're all within. Like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we did adopt two. Kids, yes. So they kind of filled the gaps. Yeah. 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 Which is like so funny. But yeah, we job. have a kid in every year. Yeah. But I think everybody is pretty like minimalistic. Like it's a very common trait with all the siblings. Like all of you guys don't have like an accumulation of too much or just an overabundance of things. Like, I mean, they, everyone has like their own hobbies, but mm -hmm. it's like nowhere near like it's such a it's a it's a good thing. It's such a good trait. It's like very minimalistic and um, intentional. Yeah. 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 Intentional. Yeah. yeah. Essentials. Essential. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that is just growing up with a big family, not having a lot of space that's your mm -hmm. own. So yeah, your possessions were like, like your personal possessions were like pretty minimal, like to a dresser or to a closet or something like that was yeah your space, and then everything else was shared space. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, my parents have been we're like very intentional totally. with the stuff that we did have and totally. things that we brought in. So totally. my dad got really jealous when they visited and to our studio apartment, <laughs> he was like, Oh, this is so cool. I want to just have a studio. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I so. think he was, it was a 420 square foot studio. I think he yeah. was being very positive and encouraging yeah. seeing what the small, small space that we had. And granted, we had a king size bed and a king size bed in 400 square feet <laughs> makes it basically a hundred feet. That's actually yeah. usable. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think he was just really trying to be positive and encouraging because he, he walked in probably and he was like, wow, this is small. Okay. <laughs> I, wow, you guys, this is amazing. I'm so jealous. And you walk everywhere. You don't have a car. Wow. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But we made it work. We made it work. We made it work. I don't so, think we ever, I don't think we ever breathed like out loud how small it was to just like, to just keep making it through that season. Yeah. I think cause we moved into that apartment, but without seeing it, 
because her yeah. Chanel's parents already lived here in Washington and they toured it for us just to like make sure it wasn't like a really sketchy apartment complex or mm -hmm. something. And they're like, no, it's good. It's small, but you know, yeah, you it was like the only place that we could, cause we needed something yeah. in the middle of the city to make it work. Yeah. Um, how much but was it? 1400 for 420. 1354. Okay. 1354 for a 420 <laughs> square foot. By apartment. the way, it went up like $200. <laughs> that's why we More moved than that. Out. Did it? Yeah. It went up to 1700 when, when wow. we moved out. I was like, that's a big increase. Wow. I'm out. So if anyone wants to move to Seattle, there you go. That's a little, yeah. a little insight on the freaking it's very rent prices. expensive here. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, I think when we first moved in and I walked into that space, that's the only time that I like actually took time to think about how small it was. And then I just had to say, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. And I moved on. And I think it was like only the first hour was I like, oh, shoot. How are we going to oh, make I this know. work? And then I said that we need to skip out on an entertainment stand. And you're like, no, we need to keep it. And like, we need it for the storage space. I think we literally argued about that in front of my parents. Like we, I was like, we need to get rid of this entertainment stand. And it was this huge Ikea entertainment stand. And it took up another additional five square feet or something. And I was like, you don't understand. Every square foot is precious. But you were like, it needs the organization. It needs, we needed the storage space. And. Yeah. What? It was great that we kept it. It's, we kept it. Yeah. I think I'm indifferent now. <laughs> that's the thing about <laughs> that's the thing about some of our arguments is that <laughs> I'm like, you know what, dude, honestly, I'm fine either way. <laughs> but I put up such a fight sometimes on certain such things. Such a fight. But it's it's only the it's the moving transitions. Yeah. It is oh, our Achilles moving. Hill. Oof. Our Achilles Hill. We need to find for like at least our marriage and like communication, like <laughs> Yeah. Any like major life transition has just been always so tough for us. To, I don't like, think I think it's through. just moving because I mean it's so stressful. I don't think it's like every life transition because like there's this, there's like jobs yes sure but That's like true. Yeah. but like it's moving like moving specifically it is just our it is so hard for us to like be on the same page with moving because we yeah. are so different in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point, the offices. <laughs> it's a solution because. You don't have to think about my space at all. Exactly. You but just, now I do. Now you have to think about it. Now you're I, ask you, I ask you about <laughs> it every three hours. <laughs> okay, so so reining it in back to the office spaces. Yeah. There's little tangents on us. The creative space, our creative spaces, and our offices are where we do a lot of our work. And Chanel currently is rearranging and setting up her office to be kind of like more comfortable for her more like you know enjoy mm -hmm. you enjoy being in that office like that's the goal um and so we want to talk a little bit about that like about creating a space where you're able to be creative um and how that's like important for at least our work you know I can't for say me, that. Yeah, I was going to say but. I can't say that because I've been able to be creative and do work but not in a creative space so it's kind of like, it's like a, maybe, I um, maybe it's like, it's, oh, kitty, no. He's going to jump on the things. <laughs> oh, hold the mic up again. Oh, that was such a good meow. Good job, kitty. Good meow, buddy. <laughs> um, I was able to be creative and work hard, but not in like a super creative space. That's true. For me, I would say then for me, it is very important 
to have a space that um, I can feel like focused at and yeah. like just be able to like dive into work because I do a lot of like video editing. And He's so totally gonna jump. Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> he just jumped over all of our recording equipment on the couch. He jumped over it all, clipped the end of the cushion and then zoomed all the way to the back of the house. <laughs> Bravo. Okay. Sorry, as you were saying. For me, I do a lot of video editing. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that for me, like the way I work, I just have to get into it. Just like focus on that and not have too many distractions. And so for me, that's important to have a space that I can go to that um, has minimal distractions. <laughs> and then I can just focus on the work. So um, for me, that's creating an environment like that has always been important. To me. be fair, we used to work at the same table in our last apartment, the 600 square foot one. Mm -hmm. We worked at the same table and you were doing video editing there too. Yeah, but it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah. And I had to put in like noise canceling headphones <laughs> and like really just stare at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about flow state, I think sometime last year. And like just to recap flow state, it's kind of when you're like in it and you just... You just are like working and you, you, you forget that you're hungry. You forget that you have to get up. Like you just are so in it, so focused that you yeah. just go, go, go. It's like the right balance between challenging, but also enjoyable. Yeah. So when you're doing something that is like equal parts challenging and enjoyable, like challenging in the sense of, you know, you can do it, but it just takes some effort. Yeah. But then also enjoyable that like you're making some progress. So that is like kind of like the the perfect storm to create a flow state where you can just like keep doing something and you like bypass those. I have yeah. to eat food. I need to drink water. I need to like get up and by. walk around yeah. and then time just flies by. Yeah. And then every time you sit down at your computer, you go into flow state. Yeah. And every time I sit down at my computer, it's like a, mm -hmm. it's like a moment. <laughs> it's like a moment where I can, like, sit down, work a little bit, turn on a podcast, turn on a show that I'm watching, work for a little bit, get up. I get in flow state when I'm um, shooting, when I'm, like, taking pictures of yeah. people and I'm, like, yeah. in it. Like, that's flow state for sure. Yeah. Um, or if I'm flow stating, editing at, like, a coffee shop, that does it. But, like, when I'm um, at home and just taking it easy, yeah, I don't really flow state. So that was really difficult. <laughs> Yeah. So now you can just close your door. In now your I just go, I love you and I'll see you later. And mm -hmm. then I close my door and I can focus and it works for great. three, four hours. Yeah, it works great. Yeah, it's been great. But yeah, <sighs> but so yeah. that's our update on our spaces. Hmm. We'll, I'll throw we'll up put a couple a, polls. Yeah, we'll I put like a literally up. well because yeah. <laughs> you're giving me neutral <laughs> answers now and I have no one else to ask. <laughs> I could ask Monique. I could totally ask Monique, that's my true. sister who lives downstairs. Yeah. I could totally ask her. But anyway, um, deal. Yeah. So that's our spaces. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, the book that we're reading. What is the title of the book, Chanel? <laughs> I get it wrong every time I reference mm -hmm. it. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Yeah. Thank you, Corey and Carson, our friends in Colorado Springs who gifted us this book. It has been so good to read every morning. Um, we have been like reading a chapter um, every morning for like the last week or so. And it's been great, honestly. It's covered mm -hmm. things that were like totally, like we totally agree with. We live this out. And then also things that were like, yep, I haven't thought about it in that way. And it's just good writing. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's an easy read, but super impactful. So yeah. yeah. It's pretty conversational, like the way that it's written. Um, he does a good job with just like 
I don't know. I th- I find it funny at times, which is nice. I like when there's humor involved with mm-hmm. books. But the main premise is basically... Um, oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. The main premise is on the... How to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. Nice. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically about that. It's about slowing down and not getting caught up in the like next thing, next thing, next thing. Not trying to get caught up in like packing your every single mm-hmm. hour of your day with to-do items. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to move a little bit slower through life mm-hmm. um, and really be able to enjoy everything that is that you're doing because you're like present in the moment rather than thinking about the next four things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good reminder, especially during this transition for me with work um, to just to work towards that, work towards that elimination of hurry, that like anxious energy that like, oh no, I'm missing this. I'm missing that kind of mental state. So mm. um, it's been really good reminders of just slowing down a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. saying no to the things that you're able to say no to. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you can do everything doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. should do everything. Um, and just being very aware of your emotional energy and your physical energy and mental capacity and all of that mm-hmm. um, and making decisions based on that rather than just the fact that you have the time to do it doesn't always necessarily mean that you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we all know things take more than just time. You know, mm-hmm. there's mental energy, there's emotional energy, there's, um, spiritual energy mm-hmm. that, um, is used up when you're doing things as well, mm-hmm. not just time. So, um, I think that the book kind of hints at that, talks about that a little bit, which is good. Mm-hmm. So major yeah. takeaway from it. Um, I think major takeaway for me is just that it's, it's not normal to do that in our society. Yeah, It's not normal to go slower. It's not normal to create margin in your life and say no to things, even though you have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not normal to do that. Yeah. And that it will feel weird and you, there might be like pushback from people or things like that, but it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong with that, you know? And obviously with everything, there's a balance, mm-hmm. you know, if you say no to everything and you're just sitting around at home all the time and you're not contributing and you're not serving others and you're not, you know, using working or using your skills yeah. or like anything like that, then that's obviously an overcorrection of that. But um, I think, John Mark Homer really just talks more about um, not running yourself at 100% mm-hmm. capacity all the time because it's not sustainable. I think it was really interesting that he gave the example of advertising and like um, wealth and luxury, things like that, that it used to show um, if uh, if the ad was for something that was like something that was more luxurious or high end, it showed the person um, experiencing it on a like vacation or on somewhere where they're relaxing and resting and just like taking it in, like on a beach, like things like that. Yeah. But now it's showing like wealth and high end and luxury, um, going to places constantly going to that, going to the meeting in the car, going to the restaurant in the thing and wearing this, going to that. And it is like going, 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 mm-hmm. um, rather than like a, like, like wealth is just being represented so differently in ads. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a small little thing in the book, but yeah, I thought that that was wild. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're comparing yourself to, oh, that's success. If I'm. Success is defined yeah. so differently. 
Yeah. Wow, I feel like, like in this generation. Oh, I'm at this meeting on this high rise in New York and then I have to fly to LA to go talk to this person. And then I have to like, you know, like that yep. for some people, like that's their goal. They want to have that kind of lifestyle, but then that's like exhausting. It's exhausting to run at that pace, mm-hmm. you know? So, well, you just feel like that you're never, it's, it's never enough. And I mean, mm-hmm. not that like we were like running at that pace, but we kind of were running at that pace. I think, well, you and I both have the tendency to run. Well, everyone does. Yeah. To run at a hundred miles an hour. Like everybody has that tendency, yeah. but I like, like ran at a hundred percent and like loved it. I was like, loved every second of it. I was like, I'm thriving. I'm going, I feel like complete crap inside and I haven't been able <laughs> to like, I don't even know what like a day off means. Um, and I'm not happy, but oh my gosh, look at me thriving. <laughs> but look at all the things I can post on to Instagram and it was not tell even, people I'm it was doing not even and, in, it wasn't even like posting to Instagram. It was feeling like accomplished at the end of the day. Wow, like I did the most that I could do with my day. Meaning every single hour was filled up, every single uh it was just so much. Like you just I just it's it's I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Um it wasn't even like it was just the feeling of, of I'm on the go and I'm going because it I feel like valued with where I'm needed, important, um, that I'm accomplishing things. It was so much more of an identity thing than it was like a um, this is what I want to show off. I think I mean, sense. maybe I'm not self-aware in that. Maybe some people would be like, no, you totally bragged all the time, which I could see that, too. I don't think I bragged, but I was definitely like, oh, I'm so busy. Even now, I still yeah. need to really check myself. with, I'm so busy. I'm so busy because sometimes I'm not busy. Sometimes I am like yeah. actually a really even keel pace. Um, but I do think what is different now is when you and I have really busy weeks where we don't have a day off, it's not something that we want to pursue. No, it's not something that we want to do anymore. Whereas Definitely before not. we're like, yeah, we're kind of killing it. We're super busy. Um, but now it feels more like, um, like, wow, okay, this is not, we don't, ooh. it feels like ugh, yeah, when we gross. don't get a day off. Yeah. I think, or a Sabbath specifically, but yeah. It, and it's definitely a cultural thing. Um, I would say in like the Western world to it's like a bragging point to say I'm busy. Like it's like people are trying to be busy so that they feel important. And so if you're really busy and you're doing all this stuff, um, I think that it's kind of like cultural for people to then assume that you're important because you have all these things that you have to do. Um, so there, I think there's definitely like a cultural thing there, like in Western, like fast paced American culture. Yeah. This is kind of like on the same vein, but there's this quote in the book that I like. It says, um, I think this kind of fits. When did the standard for success become a celebrity's magnum opus and not our own sweat and tears? So like when did like the standard for success become like this huge recognizing recognize recognition <laughs> recognition <laughs> recognition recognition for um for all the things that we're doing like this huge like celebration of it all when it's just like our workers <laughs> just, I'm, so stressed out I'm, trying so the, stressed out. I'm trying to put the book first of all i can't pronounce the word that i'm trying to say <laughs> And then second of all, I'm trying to put the freaking book back on the shelf and it's like about to fall. <laughs> just, it's just like cringing. Are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that quote was good for this. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. Because we now are in this 
oh, this is this is great. This is like kind of full circle. So I was talking about um, like minimalism and how I was following the minimalists, and they have two documentaries on Netflix. So their most recent documentary on Netflix um, called Less Is Now. Mm. Um, I just watched that actually the other day. And one of the things they were talking about was like social media and comparison and how that has contributed to us consuming so much and mm. wanting more because mm-hmm. now we have access to see the lifestyles or at mm. least the portrayed lifestyles of celebrities, like the richest people in America. We see that on our feed, on our phone all the time. And that is the status and the level that we're now trying to achieve where it used to be, you know, maybe people in your town or people you knew or like, or you were more content with just Mm -hmm. your own successes. But now there's this level of comparison and almost like greed or envy of the top tier celebrities Mm -hmm. because you're seeing, you know, the Kardashians house and you're seeing like all of these famous people's like stuff all the time on your feed and you're thinking, oh, that is what it means to be successful. That's what I need. And so it's kind of in tune with that quote where it's like now success is getting to that celebrity crazy level rather than being like content with the work that you've put in Mm. and the level of growth that you've personally had that's no longer seen as successful. Mm. You have to hit this like mm. celebrity status in order or to feel successful. Ex- just a very high volume of yeah. extreme. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this. For, what about for people that don't have social media like you? Like you don't see really like the, uh, like you were saying, the wealth of his successes and like the, uh, the like, you know, like you don't <laughs> see the Kardashians house. You don't see things like that. Right. So in what way does that apply to you personally, but also someone who doesn't have any social media? Yeah, I have I have social media. I do True. check you Facebook. Do. I check Instagram, that sort of thing. I'm not active on it. Um, you know, I maybe spend like an hour a day or something on Instagram or Facebook. And some of that is like just like asking questions or just seeing what's up in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually like pretty local stuff that I'm finding out. Um, so I do kind of have social media. So there is, I'm not coming from like, I don't have any social media perspective, but, um, for me, the way that I operate, I'm always thinking of how can I become a better version of myself? And Mm. it's something that when is an overcorrection is actually very detrimental to my Mm. growth because I'm never satisfied or content Mm -hmm. with where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm always wishing that I was in a different place or, Mm operating differently or, you know, at a higher level or at just a higher level okay. or just differently or whatever. Like it just, it, it just kind of varies based on, um, the stuff that I'm taking in. Yeah. And so for me personally, you know, I, I always kind of have a little bit of that struggle of like, it's hard for me just to like relax and be content with where mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I'm trying to grow in and have been growing in over like the last year and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, but so for me, I have like a comparison to a future me. Yeah. You know, yeah. which in it, when it's in a healthy way, it's good because, you know, I, I'm growing. I'm trying to improve myself. I'm trying to um, improve Chanel's of my marriage. I'm trying to improve mm-hmm. relationships, my my relationship with work and all of that. Like I'm, I'm actively trying to pursue mm-hmm. that and make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for people who don't have any social media... I think that there is a level of like freedom there that, um, totally. like I, we know uh, quite a few people who yeah. don't have any social media 
and they're like probably the most chill, like oh content people. They're just so much more content with like where their life is at right now. Yeah. And I think it's great. I honestly think it's great. I think that like it's hard because sometimes I just want to throw my phone away. But then other times I'm like, I told you about that trend on TikTok. That's yeah. like, don't be surprised if one day I just, and then it plays like a cute little like, like acoustic song. And then I saw one that said, don't be surprised if one day I just, and it had a picture of someone throwing their phone in the trash. Yeah. And I was like, kind of low key. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, first of all, I, it's part of my job to do social media, uh, for my photo job, but then also social media for, um, the PC builder, personality yeah. that we work for um so i kind of don't have the option to throw in my phone but you can just like sense in there in there in there um these people who don't have social media you can just sense that they just they just are way more content way more content yeah. way more just relaxed way more mm -hmm. kind of at peace things like that and i notice that when i take sometimes i'll put like limits on my social media um for like an hour a day or something like that mm -hmm. and um that things like that help a lot too and yeah. we've been i've been like truly really trying to work on the habit of first hour in the morning not looking at my phone and the last hour at night not looking at my phone mm -hmm. and um that is um it's working, but it's really hard. Like, I feel like a smoker trying to um, not take, like, a morning cigarette. Like, yeah. it's it's actually really difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, we've even moved the phones into, like, the other room, and we've done all that. But it's, like, it's really difficult for me for for that reason, that it's just, like, the book talks so much about how it's, like, a dopamine hit. Every time, you know, you reach for your phone out of boredom or especially if you're someone who is very active and you have notifications, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying really hard to kind of just kick the habits of where it's at in my day and how it affects my day. Because um, it's, it's a comparison thing for me, not so much. Sometimes I compare with how people are handling like or how people are growing their business sometimes I'm like dang like that's really cool I wonder if I could do that oh I probably couldn't do that for this reason and this reason so there's a kind of a comparison thing but it's more just the consumption of just uh, just <laughs> the consumption of just me social media yeah it's a, there's a lot of noise it's it's yes it's like it's noise it's like it's a great word to explain it's it. like chaotic noise. noise when you're when you're like scrolling through your social media feed and that can be any social media feed but if you're just like scrolling through there's like so much mental noise happening mm -hmm. because you're processing everything that you're seeing mm -hmm. whether or not you're actively thinking about it to where when you like close down that app or whatever and if you just like sat for a second it would you'd be like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you'd almost like an exhale mm -hmm. kind of thing. And some people don't ever close it out totally. You know, like it's like they well, won't, they don't I'm close it out. It's yeah. So like hard. you don't close it out and do nothing after it's, you close it out because, oh, the elevator door just opened. And so now you got to get on the elevator. You know, it's like you're, you're constantly filling those gaps of time in your day mm -hmm. with noise, like more noise. Mm -hmm. And some of it's helpful, you know, some social media, it's not all social media is bad. It's like, that's not true. Like not all social media is bad, mm -hmm. but there should be a limit to what it is that you're intaking because when you're just intaking and you're filling up all of this extra time in your day with social media and comparing and getting bombarded with advertisements, whether or not they're, you know, you can tell their advertisements or not, mm -hmm. like you're just constantly getting 
pushed into all of this, like do this, buy this, compare yourself with that. And Mm -hmm. it's this constant noise. And so the book talks a lot about that. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry talks a lot about this where eliminating some of that noise allows you to feel more content with wherever you are. And connected just with your soul. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the best parts of our Sabbath um, for me is I truly am like, I'm not going to look at the news. I am not going to look on social media. I'm not going to look at my emails or my texts. Yeah. Um, and I don't do that for a whole day. And it is like, uh, it is so nice. Mm-hmm. It is so nice. Or sometimes I'll go on my, on a walk around the block here. Um, sometimes I take my phone and, uh, just like post a couple of TikToks or sometimes I'll just like not take my phone and it's just like, oh, it's just so nice. And so, yeah, dude. I saw another thing that said, um, what if like everybody's, um, what if like social media or like the concept of, you know, social media, emails, uh, news, stuff like that all stopped at 6 p.m. every day? Like like it used to. <laughs> what do you mean like it used to? There, We haven't always had a 24-hour news cycle. Like that, that's pretty new. Oh, yeah. No, I mean more like, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like social media. Like what if it just all stopped? Social media, yeah, news too. Just stopped at 6 p.m. And you couldn't get on it. And then you couldn't get on it after. Kind of like how businesses used to close. Yeah. How <laughs> businesses used to close. That's so <laughs> sick. It's true. It's it's true. Okay, it's just okay. weird to hear that. Yeah. Because now you can just go online. Oh, their brick and mortar stores closed? That's okay. I'll just order online. Well, the brick and mortar stores are open until like freaking like 9 p.m. And I'm like, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. Where did we... Was it the Briargate shops in Colorado Springs where the shops closed earlier it's, in yeah. the day and then they decided to extend it an hour and we were like so pissed about it? Yeah, they would close at 8. Or did they close at 7 and then they changed it to 8? It was like early. No, I they would close going. at 8 and then during the holidays they would stay open till 9. No. At least the Apple store where I worked. When we first started working there in probably like 2000, uh, when we get married, 2000 maybe 15 or so, when we started working in 2015, they were open until like 7 p.m. Remember, because we would like get dinner after. And then after a few months of working there, the whole shops decided to extend it to an hour of eight. And then during the holidays, they would do like nine, 9.30. Yeah, so I just checked online. They close at eight. So they're open from 10 to eight during the week. And then on Sundays, 11 to six. Right, but before that, it was open till seven. I remember because I was like, this is really nice. And then after like three months, they're like, nope, we're changing it, mandated all over you know, mm. until, and I was like 7 p.m. Like, like, whoa, like this is yeah, like so, this after. is so luxurious. Yeah. So like <laughs> a closing then, shift, you get out at eight. Yeah. Which was crazy. Yeah. Depending where you worked. But yeah. 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 That's, That's wild. wild. Yeah. So there's just stuff is just staying open a lot longer. Mm-hmm. You have access to it all the time. Oh, and the Amazon guy coming to our door at 10 p.m. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. Because they, they guaranteed, we, we, we placed an order like the day before, and they guaranteed delivery by 10 p.m. of the day. Well, when they, so I, uh, so I placed an order the same day. It said same day delivery. Because we live in Seattle area, like we get same day delivery on quite a lot of stuff. So I was like, oh, it's free, it's whatever. And then it said guaranteed delivery before 6 p.m. And I was like, great. Oh, yeah. So then when I hit order... And it was for like a, a refrigerator filter or something. Mm-hmm. So it was like there was kind of a sense of urgency on it. But 
I ordered it and I was like, great, it'll come before 6 p.m. When I hit order and I confirmed the order, then it said, now your delivery will arrive before 10 p.m. And I was like, dang, 10 p.m., that's so late, that's so weird. So anyways, 9.58 rolls around. Literally. And this guy with a headlamp on, <laughs> because it's dark outside, <laughs> it's nine o'clock in the evening, um, starts walking up to our door and Chanel's like, there's someone here with the flashlight. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, they're like outside right now on our front door. And I was like, what the heck? So I like walked outside, kind of like peeked through the curtains a little bit and then saw the Amazon truck. And I was like, oh my gosh, is an Amazon delivery at 10 p.m. Did he PM. have an Amazon uniform on? Yeah. He had Are a, you sure? I'm positive. Yeah. 100%. And there was an Amazon truck outside. I so, don't think he was wearing the uniform. He was. Okay. Um, so then I'd like pop my head out and was like, thank you so much, you know, and grab the package. But I was like, that... I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like that our delivery windows are now at like 10 p.m. 10 that is PM. too late. That's, That's too, too late. late for a lot of reasons. For the main reason is that the, I mean, the Amazon workers are just like <laughs> working at 10 p.m. They're working at, and to he deliver. hustled to the front door and hustled out because yeah. it was 9:58, and I guarantee that it's like because all that is tracked. I'm sure for them. Did mm -hmm. you really get it before that time? And I wonder if they get like not like in trouble, but you know, yeah, reprimanded if like there's certain like so many that are not in time, but that is just like so much pressure. It's just, that is a teeny tiny example of just like where our culture is at right now. Yeah. You know, like 10 PM delivery and the workers getting there as fast as they can getting out, you know, wherever, whatever. Yeah. And then I heard there's like a rumor <laughs> that they're, I don't know if this is true. This can be fake news, but that they're like some Amazon workers were having to pee in bottles to shorten their routes because they couldn't, they didn't have enough time to stop and use the bathroom. And so I'm like, that is just, <laughs> just I was looking at me like, why are you sharing this? We don't know if this is true. Well, no, I, I believe it. I believe oh, okay, that someone okay, okay. has done that, but you it's know, you like never every, know if it's like it's not every Amazon employee has to pee in a bottle <laughs> in order to make it on their route. You know, like AKA I how I presented to Josiah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Did you know that all Amazon employees hey, have to pee I in bottles? I didn't say all. I didn't say all. <laughs> the urgency in your voice made me assume <laughs> you meant all. I just, yeah. I yeah. mean. Pretty wild. Yeah. That's just kind of like a tiny little example of just where like the, like the want it now, need it now, hurry, get there fast. Yeah. It's not enough or, you know, it's just kind of like an example of where, where we're at right now. Exactly. So. Exactly. So the book has been really helpful. I definitely recommend it. Totally. I'll put it in the show notes totally. down below in the description. Mm -hmm. There'll be a link to mm -hmm. the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm -hmm. Probably an Amazon link. <laughs> <laughs> as ironic as that is. Bye. Oh my gosh. But like legit, probably it will be. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's it. Well, cool. Well, that was like a fun little roundabout on some different topics. A little yeah. longer of a podcast, but I think it was good. Yeah, I think so. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Coco mm -hmm. and Joe show. I'm Josiah. I'm Chanel. We have no idea what we're doing. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. But we're doing it anyways. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.